0: Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. Hey there and welcome to another Food for Thoughts recap. My name is Aaron. I'm the host of Food for Thoughts on Monday night. So quick reminder, if you are a college age student around Iowa City, we would love to have you join us on Monday nights at 7 p.m. at our space. You can find more information about that on our website or our Facebook page. But tonight's theme is uh, history. If you haven't checked out last week's episode over stories, I would really encourage you to do that before checking out this episode about history because these food for thoughts are going to start running into each other and they're going to start being themes that build upon other themes. And not necessarily always, but most of these episodes are gonna be two or three at a time, uh, if not more. So, I would really encourage you to go back and check that out, but here we are, we're talking about history, and so, what I said at the start of this Food for Thoughts discussion is if you had a time machine and you could travel back just to observe one period of time, what would you do? Like, what what is your most favorite part to study about in history? And somebody mentioned Japan, about the time of the samurai, Uh, They thought that would be really cool. Somebody mentioned World War II. Uh, I mentioned how I think it would be really cool to go see what the city of Pompeii was like just a couple of of days before Mount Vesuvius erupted. I kind of want to see how people are reacting to that and the chaos and kind of the, the, some of the brainwashing from political leaders that was happening at the time. I just think that would be a really fascinating time and place to be. Somebody mentioned, uh, the Renaissance might be a really cool place. Of course, we all said it would be really cool, uh, to be anywhere that Jesus was ever. That would be amazing. Or, or any of the, like any of the parts that are written in our Bible, you know, to just be like, Oh, I was there? You know, cause we want to, we want to get a chance to relive, relive that history. And, uh, uh, and unfortunately we're not able to do that today so the closest thing we can we can do today is uh, for example I went over to Greece a couple of years ago and and, and in Acts, there's a there's a story in Ephesus about the people preaching, and and the the Ephesians are in a riot, and they're claiming "Great is Artemis of the Ephesians." So the, the closest thing we can get to history is me and my group were reading that passage aloud at the spot where it happened in the amphitheater of Ephesus, and every time it would come along, the you know one person was reading the scripture, everybody else would start chanting "Great is Artemis of the Ephesians," and we got a lot of stares, but that's the closest thing we can get to history, and it's the closest thing we can get to reliving a story and to reliving the way that it happened. And so if you could get a chance to actually experience, what would that be like? I kind of think it would be really cool to see the riots in Ephesus. I think it would be really cool to see uh, the time of Rome during Caesar Augustus's reign. I think all these things would be insanely cool to, to witness. And uh, some of them maybe not be so cool to be a part of. Yeah, you know, I would love to just see the Allied forces storm the beaches of Normandy, but I certainly do not want to be on the beaches of Normandy. Uh, anyway, so we wound up talking, a lot of people agreed that uh, that World War II was a very interesting part in history. And uh, and there was wound up being a majority of people that said that. Uh, it's personally uh, my favorite part of, of United States history is just that that era, I think it's a very interesting era. Um, some Another one of our students mentioned that uh, beforehand and somebody else also mentioned that as they were talking through, they said, you know, I think this would be really cool but because it was already said, I'm also gonna say this. Anyway, so so what I wanna do is focus just a little bit on World War 2. Okay? So so there's a lot of things that lead to World War 2 and specifically World War 1 leads to World War 2. And so with World War 1, it's started by the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and that sparks the start of what we currently know as World War 1 because of nationalism being a really big thing and and countries having alliances with other countries, it kind of became this thing that because of this assassination of this political leader, it was no longer just one country versus one country, but it became into A country is going to attack B country, and since B country is friends with C, D, and E, then it's all of a sudden A versus B, C, D, and E, and then A is like, well, hey, you know, we're friends with F, G, H, and I and J, and it just wants. That's how the alliances worked, and. Because of those alliances, it turned something that should have been relatively small. It turned into chaos. And of course, that was just happened to be the spark. There was a lot of other factors that lead into the start of World War One, And then we talked even about the involvement of the United States in World War One, given that we are based in the United States. So the, the the reason why the United States got involved in World War I is because of the sinking of the Lusitania and then the, the Zimmerman note. In the, and the Zimmerman note was a note sent by Germany to Mexico that said, hey, we would like you to attack the United States we would like you to be uh, you to, to kind of take over them so and then you know we will come and help you we'll send some forces things like that we just we want you to get on that and and then Mexico instead of doing that decided to say hey United States look at this note that we got sent and then and then all of a sudden that's why we really got involved in the war because we knew it was only a matter of time that we were going to be attacked next and of course there's a lot of other reasons why United States joins the war but that's that's really the spark That's really the key of, of why why we joined and why we joined when we joined specifically with world war 2 you know world war 1 kind of ends and recedes but then world war 2 erupts and it and it erupts because of a lot of issues that were left behind of world war 1 you still have alliances you still have nationalism uh, you still have conflict and tension between different countries ready to just start another world war you just everywhere was just Ready to go. It's kind of a miracle that it didn't happen earlier because there was there was a quest for resources. You know, colonization was happening specifically by the UK. Just a lot of places trying to gain more more resources and more peoples and more. Wealth and revenue and things like that. And nationalism was at its highest, especially with you have you have the allies who who won the war and then of course got a little bit of a confidence boost because of that. And then you have the Axis powers that were restricted and uh, and contained and and they felt beat down and they just wanted to feel normal again. But normal wasn't an option, so they said we've got to be better than normal. And we've got to do. Extreme measures to get back to things and so uh, the, the Treaty of Versailles was signed at the end of World War I and that really ruined the economic state of Germany and the political state of Germany because it divided up Germany's land and gave it away to other countries and, and the economic state. Pe- there was literally pallets of money that were worth nothing in Germany because of what the Treaty of Versailles did to their economy and so Germany was in a really desperate spot and so they had to make a drastic move and so they did and they, and they went and they invaded Poland but because the the nations were in in a state of of appeasement they kind of let Hitler go until it was too late and then of course the Japan forces attack Pearl Harbor and that's what gets the United States into the war and so we've listed all these factors so far all of these things all of these all of these causes for war you know quest for resources and the assassination of France. Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and the Zimmerman note, and the secret of Lithuania, and the economic state of Germany from the Versailles, and the political state of Germany from the Treaty of Versailles, and nationalism, and appeasement, and alliances. Now we have Pearl Harbor, too. There's so many reasons why World War II happened the way that it did, and there's so many reasons why it ended the way that it did. Of course, we have the atomic bombs with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and it, it, kind of in that same era, we have a really big U.S. victory at Okinawa, which was... Also a key turning point in the war. The fact that the Allies successfully stormed the beaches of Normandy instead of just being stopped there is is a huge, huge mile marker for, for how the Allied powers were able to, to resolve the war the way that it happened. And of course you have Russia turning on, on Germany because, or because of Germany's attack on Russia and, and the fact that Germany decided to do it in the winter, which... You know, is not a smart route move to fight the Russians in winter. And then, of course, at the end of the war, you have Germany is fatigued, they're tired out, and Hitler commits suicide. Um, so all of a sudden, they lost their leader. These are all the big factors that wind up ending World War II. And of course, if you know anything about history, you know that these is just 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 the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more things that happen because of this. There's a lot more things that are really key points in the war, like the Battle of Midway. Uh, And the Battle of Britain, all these are very key points in the war. But if we listed all of them, that we wouldn't have a chance to actually cover these things. And so what what I really thought about when we were talking about history today is let's just imagine if any one of these things would happen differently. How would that affect the course of history? So it's kind of a trick thought saying that we're talking about history today because really what I want to talk about is alternate histories. Because we know history in this one way, and when you think about the way that history is affected, uh, there's there's two there's really three ways you can think about it. Uh, One is in a pretty comedic way, um, a pretty we'll use movies for example, uh, a pretty comedic way of just you know you don't really have to deal with the ramifications of anything time travel, kind of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something like that. Uh, Another way you can think about time travel is something like back to the future where you go back to the past and it just changes one aspect of the past uh, so really there's four actually then uh, another one you could think about is is similar to the movie 12 Monkeys where no matter what if when you travel back in time to try to to try to change some part of history you you wind up actually realizing that there always has been a singular timeline there's never been branched realities or anything like that and so when you when you have when you go back in time to try to stop something you might actually be the cause of something. So for example, maybe if you go back in time to try to kill Hitler, you wind up not being able to do so in the process, but because of your attempt to try to kill him, he takes that very personally and very strongly. And that's what causes him to drop out of art school and to start the Nazi party. Maybe, maybe that's kind of the way that that would work. Um, you are the cause for leading to something or, or you are unable to prevent the cause somehow. So, um, which all of these are of course theories about how time travel can work and they're all time travel of course at this point is still just a not rational reality at this moment in time so so we don't know uh but then the last part the fourth part was uh is this multiverse theory or this string theory uh that that there are infinite number of universes out there and they're all that way because of the way that history has played out. So the way that this kind of works is let's take back to the future, for example. Okay. So I said back to the future was a different example. Uh, it was a different type of that, but let's say when Marty McFly goes back into the past to try to all to, to try to bring his parents back together and to try to do that, he, instead of that just affecting a little part of his life, it would have affected so much of his life. So you think about like back to the future too, where like because of all these things happening, Biff winds up being the, the, Overlord of the of the city in in the future in this future timeline and and Marty's dad wound up being killed just a lot of different things were affected Marty's mom wound up being married to Biff, which is a totally different reality than the one that Marty left in and so when you go back in that time then all of a sudden that creates a strand where that reality is the real reality. And I know I've talked a little bit about time travel and that's not the point of history because this is not the time travel food for thought. This is the history food for thought. But it's just, it's just a way to show that if you affect one part of history, that radically changes everything that you do in the future. And it, and it affects it for that timeline because like Avengers Endgame does a really good job of trying to stay, if you go back in the past, it doesn't change the reality of the present. It might do something like create a branch timeline or create a multiverse or something like that because a different decision is affected so the reality that you know is no longer that reality. But it doesn't mean that that reality is existing. So it's just, and of course we're talking about abstract concepts and, and if you're confused, you know, so am I. But, uh, but I just wanna take a look at World War Two for this example and just look if any one of these things would have been different. How would that have affected our current history? So we talked about the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and that was really just the spark for World War One. If that didn't happen, I'm sure something would have happened soon that would have caused a spark for World War One to happen. So that one is kind of not super important because something would have done it. Um, something would have wound up sparking World War One. So that I mean, I think. You, obviously, we have a different story in our history textbooks, but uh, but that one I don't think really alters reality too much. But if if the Zimmerman note never gets sent and the U.S. decides not to join the war when they do, if they join the war a little bit later, uh, maybe it's too late, and and maybe we, the Allied powers wind up losing either World War One, um, or or at least having a weaker Allied power, so that way when World War Two erupts, that we're not able to to, to win that war uh if the treaty of versailles had been a little bit less harsh and restrictive on germany then then maybe they wouldn't have felt that need to 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 strive forward um to 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 really be extremists there uh, if you don't have nationalism then you don't have the, this this sense of pride that comes with all these countries which is motivating a lot of this this conflict and 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 it's really 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 pushing it to an extreme. Uh, if you don't have alliances, then then these wars don't become world war world wars. They become just regular wars. If the European Union wouldn't have been so lenient and and loose with Germany in with starting with the invasion in Poland, then. Uh, you know, with the appeasement, then they wouldn't have, you know, maybe history would have changed differently. If Japan never attacked Pearl Harbor, maybe the U.S. would have joined the war a little bit later. Maybe if we never developed the A-bomb, Hiroshima and Nagasaki would have been, to- they would definitely be totally different cities today, but maybe we would have actually not been able to win that war. If we would have never successfully stormed the beaches of Normandy, then there would have been no footing for us in Europe, which would have been incredibly hard for us to to win that war. If Russia wouldn't have turned, if Russia would have still stayed on Germany's side, then that would have been a whole nother set of problems that we would have that the Allied forces would have had to deal with. And if and if and if Germany wasn't in such a state of fatigue and losing their leader at, at the end, you know, maybe they would have still continued to go strong and at least manage to cause a little bit more damage than, than they already did. Any one of these things changes and it radically alters the future of the timeline because if you have a different outcome to something As catastrophic as this event, something as world-changing as this event, then it would change the future for everything else that we know since 1945. And that's a really interesting thought, but I want to think about that in terms of present time. I want you to think about your story. We talked about stories last week. I want you to think about your story. We told you your story matters. And I want to go It's a Wonderful Life on you, and I want you to ask the question, what if your story never got told? What if you wound up being a tragic case of infant mortality? Or what if you wound up never being born? What if your parents never got together? So you and all your family were never in existence? It's a really hard cre- question to wrestle wrestle with. It's a really important one and it can be so developmental. And I, want, and I want you to think about this question too. Think about your church. If you're a part of CCF, think about CCF. What would your story look like if CCF or your church didn't exist? What would your story look like if your Christian community never existed? What would your community look like if your church community never existed? And this question extends far beyond your story, but on so many different stories, every life that has been affected by any of these church communities or yourself. It's a really hard question to wrestle with, but we believe that your story matters, and we believe that decisions can affect the course of anything, and we believe that CCF exists for a purpose, and we believe that the churches that support us and and that we support exist for a purpose and are needed. And that without our existence and and the chance to tell and change stories, that our communities be radically different even if it's just ccf even if it's just my church so lean into that lean into your church lean into ccf lean into whatever you need to lean in and make choices today thinking about everything in the future we only get one chance at reality and it is our call to do the best with it Hey, thanks for checking us out and spending some time with us this week. Quick reminder if you're a student at Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa or University of Iowa, we would love to connect you with a campus minister. So reach out to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com and we will make sure we get you connected. Be sure to specify your school in an email. Additionally, if you have questions about anything you've heard today or anything that's on your mind, we would love a chance to answer that here anonymously. So you can also just drop a line there. Again, that is ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week and please know that we are praying for you.